This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Good morning, everybody. It is Super Bowl Sunday. About time. But here, you know, we, we got a lot of high school sports to talk about. Welcome yep. to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse. 97.7 and 100.1 FM, 1200 AM, 1440 AM. You can also listen to us online, ESPNSyracuse.com. And also you, you can grab our podcast either there or wherever you get your podcast. Just type in ESPN Syracuse and look for players only. You can also listen to us live on the ESPN app as well. Mm-hmm. I'm Matt Slocum alongside Ryan Story. And, you know, obviously the main focus today is... Super Bowl 57 down in Phoenix. But uh, we're still about, oh, nine hours away from kickoff or so. Um, How do I know this? Well, well, actually, no, we're about 10 hours away from kickoff. Um, How do I know this? Well, I was turning on SportsCenter and they said 11 hours Mm -hmm. (laughs) at 7 a.m. So here we are, you know, 8 a.m. Eastern. You're probably uh, getting set, getting your uh, Super Bowl party together. But other than that, while you're doing that, you can listen to us talk about high school sports for a while. And there's plenty to talk about, especially dun 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 end of the regular season. Yep. Now we these teams now in the postseason coming up in their near futures. So. Yeah. This is this is the moment right now here in the winter sports season. Playoffs begin. And it's and it doesn't get any bigger than uh, boys ice hockey because the seeding meeting for both the Division One and Division Two tournaments, is today yep. at three o'clock, mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of things uh, riding for a lot of teams, especially in terms of seed placing, and that's how we want to begin the show today. We want to start off with boys ice hockey, and there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually want to start with the easier division uh, to see uh, to s- seed here first, and that's Division Two. Because not only is there fewer teams in Division Two than there are in Division One, but it's also a lot easier to seed. Yep. Because they do have eight teams, and I would think all eight teams would play mm-hmm. in Division Two. My bet, <clears throat> and when we're talking about this, we don't know what the seeding process is mm-hmm. for any sport whatsoever. We don't know what they look at. We don't know if they look at conference records or overall records or division records, anything along those lines. A lot of times it's a mix of a lot of those. It, it is a it's mix. It's really up to interpretation of the mm-hmm. committee. Yeah, and I, ju- and I just want to warn everybody now, what we're going to say is just pure speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what they're going to decide at 3 o'clock later today. We're just going to give you our best look at it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we start off with the easiest one because we think we assume that all eight teams are going to play. Yeah, because like it would that. make an easier playoff field, mm-hmm. and, and it would. So we're going to see them based off division record. We're not going to go conference record. We're going to talk more about that a little bit later on. But we want to start off with division two, and I think it's pretty obvious who's going to be at the top. 
Oh yeah, Skinny Atlas and Cortland Homer easily going to. Those be are the one-two one, two combo. They've been the one-two combo all year. We saw a couple other teams try to jump into that upper tier, but in reality, it's just been these two uh, riding out, riding it out as the number one and number two throughout the duration of the season. Yeah, and 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 JDCBA definitely going to get the three seed as well. New Hartford's mm-hmm. going to get the four. What's interesting here is you actually have a tie for the fifth seed right now. In Clinton and Whitesboro. Yep. And the thing is, these two, uh, one of these two teams will end up playing most likely New Hartford in the in the uh, Division Two quarterfinal. Um, at this point, the team with a better overall record in this case would get the tiebreaker, and in this case, that would be Clinton. Clinton's been the better team than Whitesboro just throughout all season, but I mean, right now. It honestly might be better to play CBA JD than to play New Hartford because New Hartford, while they have they've had their struggles all year, that's why they have a 500 record heading into the uh, postseason. New Hartford's been somewhat consistent with being able to beat these teams that are maybe struggling, where CBA hasn't had that. We've seen CBA lose to lose games they should win. They lost a game to Oswego a couple uh, a couple days ago. We talked about it on our last show where CBA lost to Oswego by a score of seven to four. So I think CBA can be defeated just because. Well, I think the brothers have more talent, um, at least in terms of their skaters, than New Hartford does. Uh, the issue of goaltending with the brothers is much more prominent, mm. and that's where I think that. Uh, CBI JD has a weakness that New Hartford doesn't really have. Yeah, and and it's and just looking at the field itself right now, <clears throat> this almost looks like the exact same field we had last year. Yes, yeah. last year's tournament sort of had the exact same field to it. Um, and Oswego and Auburn riding out the bottom there at, at the seven and eight seeds. Whitesboro uh, most likely will be the six seed in regards to this. So the six seed would probably play the three in this case. That would be JD CBA. Who, by the way, Whitesboro lost to both times mm-hmm. by more than five goals. Yep. Um, that might be a little bit troublesome there. Now, looking at the field as it is in Division Two, <clears throat> who do you think is going to win? I mean, I still think Skinny Atlas is the best team, just pound for pound. You look at mm-hmm. uh, which team has been the most consistent, the most dominant, uh, has been able to have more high-quality wins. That's Skinny Atlas. I mean, uh, they did have some rough losses uh, early in the year, but they've really just been able to uh, take those in stride. I mean, we saw a really impressive win against Pelham earlier in the year, uh, the team that knocked them out of the state playoffs last year. And while I don't think Skinny Atlas is nearly as poised to make a deep run in the state playoffs as they were in their prior campaign, I do think Skinny Ellis will come away with the sectional title again. You know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a different track. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Cortland Homer wins it. I like that pick. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I like Cortland Homer is they had a fantastic start to the year. And and yep. they've actually played really great hockey throughout. I mean, the only hiccups they had, the 7-4 loss to JDCBA back on January 4th. Mm-hmm. As well as a loss to Skinny Atlas on the 10th of January. But then, but essentially their season has been all about wins. I mean, they beat Ogdensburg. Mm-hmm. Ogdensburg is a pretty good, decent team. Thousand Islands as well. Yep. Um, really good teams out of, out of the Section 3 play. Um, they also beat Ithaca 
Um, again, out of conference. And Ithaca can be a really good, really good program uh, in the state. So they're well battle tested and everything. Again, I do see some hiccups here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if they end up uh, playing New Hartford later on, that might be an issue because New Hartford did beat them. Yep. Um, but I like Cortland Homer right now. I think they're they're playing their best hockey right now. Plus, when you look at their record, they are 10-1 in their home rink. Mm-hmm. They will essentially be guaranteed a home game at least up and through the final. Because the final this year is obviously going to be at the at the War Memorial here in downtown Syracuse. If they can make it to the final, they're essentially playing as the home team up until at least the final. If they end up facing Skating Atlas in the in the final, which is what I think is going to happen, then it should be a blast. But I, I kind of like Corlin Homer's chances. As a dark horse pick, okay, you might be surprised at who I'm going to pick. It's actually a team I mentioned before as a dark horse. New Hartford. Mm, yeah. And New Hartford, I think, can make some noise because they can beat teams like Cortland Homer, yep. which they did earlier mm-hmm. this year. They put up good fights against Skinny Atlas. I kind of like New Hartford as a dark horse. The thing is, though, as you said, Skinny Atlas might be a little bit too tough for everybody to handle, but I'm taking Cortland Homer to win it all in this one. I really yeah. am. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to talk about a dark horse, my brain just immediately goes to Clinton. I think with some of their bigger upsets that they've had and uh, beating teams like New Hartford, like a Rome Free Academy from Division One, I think that Clinton has showed the ability to go up to a higher tier and beat those teams. And you look at, even on the girls' side, their girls' mm-hmm. ice hockey team just won the state championship, yeah. or sorry, the sectional championship. Yep. So, um... And they have some great goaltending. Uh, they actually have two players, John Falbo and uh, Will O'Brien, who have both been splitting time in goal. And I think both of those are incredible athletes. So it wouldn't surprise me if Clinton won on a little run. I don't think that they can beat either of those top two teams in Skinny Atlas or Colin Homer. But honestly, I'll take Clinton over any of the other teams in the field right now. Yeah. So on to Division One now. <clears throat> in Division One, we're only going to do uh, the top eight. Because yeah. they have 12. We don't know if it's going to be an open bracket or not. I believe it please is, somebody, not Please somebody sure. let us know. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're just, for the sake of argument, we're just going to go with the top eight. Because yeah. essentially eight teams made the field anyway that qualified with a 400 or above record. Yeah. Um, so we look at the field. So again, water. we'll start with the four teams that are out, yeah. at least in our picks. Watertown, IHC, Liverpool, Mohawk Valley, and Fulton. Uh, those four teams are essentially out when we're looking at it. But again, I could be completely wrong. It might be an open field. On to the top eight now. And I I think it's there's no doubt about it. West Jenny and Bowensville, the two teams definitely at the top, played really good hockey all year. The question is, where do you seed them? Because, yeah, West Jenny has the better division record at 11-1. and Bowensville's 11-1-1. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have the better division record. If you're going to see it off division record, you put West Jenny 1, Baldwinsville 2. But you look at their overall records. Baldwinsville 17-1-1. West Jenny's 17-3. West Jenny played one more game than Baldwinsville. So the question is, do you seed West Jenny as the one seed based on division record? Or do you seed Baldwinsville as the top seed based on overall record? I think that they're going to go with West Genesee as the one seed. I don't think, because when it comes down to it, these teams are too evenly 
determined based off record where I think you mentioned as as you mentioned there's a split between Jenny having the divisional Baldwinsville having the overall I think it'll come down to head-to-head and even though Baldwinsville won the head-to-head that was um, more recent West of the Seas early season um, pounding of them six to one I think that's the difference maker in the committee's eyes to where they'll say all right West of the Sea you've proved yourself you played a tougher strength of schedule throughout the year and that's why I think the Wildcats will get the one seed. Yeah, there might be a little bit of controversy in, oh, yeah. that, in that seating room, I think. They're going to have a blast trying to figure and out with, where they're going to put them. Whichever team is picked number two, it, they I deservedly they, should they, be a they, little bit upset about that. Again, really, with the top two, like I said, you're essentially playing home games up until you reach the final, which yeah. is going to be on a neutral ice. Um, so if you're either one of the top two seeds, that doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ballinsville, they'll take a, they'll take home games throughout. They're 7-0. and at home this year, which surprisingly they didn't play a lot of games at home this year. Everybody else played at least a minimum of ten games at home. Ballsville only played seven at home this year. Yep. Um, but that's beside the point. They won all seven of them. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, Syracuse. I think this is a, a really tough decision right now. If you're if you're the committee, you look at their overall record. They finished seven eleven and one. But you look at their division record, they finished 7-4-1. They did play a lot of games outside of Section 3, and that's why their overall record really isn't as smart. And we were talking about them throughout the course of the year. They had a really bad start because their star player was out due to an injury. So where do you see Syracuse? Do you see, again, do you see them based on overall record and perhaps have them lower lower in the field, or do you see them off division record? I mean, I feel like you have to see them based off the division record just because of the fact that since Bucktooth is back, they've been they've had a winning record, six, four, and one. Yeah. And so obviously you do need to take that first half of the season into account. But it comes down to the fact that they're with their best player, they've been in an elite team. You really just have to give them the benefit of the doubt, uh, base them off of where they're best at. Because in reality, this isn't a five, six seed. This is a three seed type team. Mm-hmm. We saw it last year when they were competing for the sectional title, and that's why Syracuse is the three-seed, in my opinion. Yeah, if, if even if if, if Bucktooth did not get hurt, mm-hmm. he, he they would essentially still be a three-seed anyway yeah. because they play, they're a really good team. Mm-hmm. They really are. They just had a lot of bad luck at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they um, really passed but it, But it's great. When they finally got him back, they started winning games again, and now look at where they are. They're now in the top three based off division record. Rome Free Academy is, is pretty much a safe four. FM's a safe five. Ontario Bay's a six. Cicero North Syracuse, who, by the way, had won four in a row to end the season. So they're riding on a hot streak right now. Mm-hmm. They are in as the seventh, and then Zenovia rounds out as the eighth seat. So Kaz gets the tough break of playing West Jenny in yeah. the first round. Uh, Cicero North Syracuse going up against Bowensville. Those two teams do not like each other, but that should be a fun matchup. That will be fun. Now, the next matchup, Ontario Bay taking on Syracuse. Honestly, if that was to happen, I think I'd have to take Ontario Bay because Obey is probably the most fun team to watch mm-hmm. in my eyes. I think that everything about that team just exudes confidence. You look at Zach Blevins, the senior forward, over 100 points in his high school career, 32 goals, 19 assists on the year. It's just such a fun team. They've got all-around yeah. talent, and then a great goaltender in Colin Bennett. So, I honestly, Obey would definitely be my sleeper pick. I, I think right now, with the way that they've been playing, 
while I wouldn't see them as the three seed, I think that you can make the argument that they're the third best team in Division One. Yeah, my sleeper team is actually going to be Rome Free Academy. I mean, as as much as I like Ontario Bay, mm-hmm. uh, as you said, Ontario Bay is a great team, but they've had an up and down year. Ontario Bay has true. That's true. Um, but Rome Free Academy, on the other hand, I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, I think RFA is really good, and they deserve the four. They deserve the four seed, uh, and they will host FM in in the uh, first round of the playoffs. Um, but I like Rome Free. I, just I, winning only three of your last seven for the Black Knights that concerns oh, me. Oh well, that too. But if you know, I like Rome Free Academy. I think they're playing. They're they're not playing their best hockey right now. But once they get into the playoffs, they could make some noise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like them. Uh, as well. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll start talking about girls basketball. I know we sort of ran a bit over our first segment, but we'll talk girls basketball coming up. And again, it's postseason basketball. It's coming up real quick. So more players only when we come back here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. And now we talk girls basketball. Talked a lot about boys basketball last week. Today we gotta we gotta go on the other side. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, to tell you the truth, we got a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of good teams, especially we start with Class Double A, and Double A uh, is looking really really good. Um, Liverpool, top top team, top team in Double A, easily yep. going to get a top seed, I think in my opinion. Although Auburn's not too far behind them. Uh, I think Liverpool is probably going to end up getting the two seed as a result. Um, but Auburn is doing really well, really well. Yep. Um, some other schools that are in Double A, uh, Henniger, doing having a really good season. Bowensville took a little bit of a step down. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at it; it's it's an open field regardless. It's everybody plays. Um, that being said, who do you think's got a chance to win it all in Double A? I don't know, because I feel like Double A just has so much talent from top to bottom. I mean, you look at, I think there are three distinct tiers in Double A. You look at the top tier, the the teams that are favorites. You got Rome Free Academy, you got Liverpool, and you got Auburn. With all the star talent on those teams, you know that all of them can compete. Then you go down to the second tier with teams that have some talent but have been a little more inconsistent, where it's Bishop Ludden, Cicero North Syracuse, and then Henniger, where they've definitely upset the top teams. They can beat them, but they've just been less consistent. Then you go to that third tier where you have teams like Ballinsville and FM where I think that they could pull off an upset, but they don't really have a shot at winning at all. So right now, if I had to choose one team, I'm going to go with uh, Liverpool. I think that uh, they have the best coaching out of all these teams. I think that they Nevaeh Wingate is one of the most talented players I've seen on the girls' level, and that's really what puts them ahead for me. But then if I was going to go a little bit lower down the list, I'd say Bishop Ludden right there in that second tier with behind Amara Strife going to Colgate. Um, I think that it's a really good Bishop Ludden team. Yeah. Liverpool seems to me uh, one of the favorites to win it all. But you have yeah. to look at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at how Auburn did this year, they only lost two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was to Liverpool. 
yep. uh, on the road. And then the other, well, both losses were Liverpool. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to look at the schedule, Matt. Um, um, but you look at it, though. I mean, and they've only they've got two games left in the season because actually the last day to play is the 15th. Yep. Well, actually, the last day is technically the 14th. But it looks like uh, Auburn does have a game against Corning Painted Post yep. on the 15th at 645. Um, I guess they're allowed to play that. Yep. I don't know. I think that was probably due to maybe maybe a weather-related issue. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they got two games left. Um, I kind of like what Auburn has has done so far. I yeah, think they're going to be a tough. And it's really to hard play. to beat the same team three times. Oh, yeah. especially a good team. Yeah. So, having so Liver- to beat Liverpool's going to have time, yeah, Liverpool's going to have their hands full. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last time I saw a team win three games in one season against one team, two thousand two, two thousand three, Syracuse beating Georgetown. Yeah. Well, you know. So it, it, it's it's rare, but it does happen. It does happen. Um, is is in terms of a dark horse in Double A, I'm hmm. There's a lot of good ones to choose from in terms yep. of a dark horse. Um, there's a there's a lot of good ones. Um, yeah, there's really. I think anybody can beat anybody, really, to be honest. But and if there is one, it's tough because all of these underdog teams are even still like very good. Yeah. Teams. Um, but if I had to choose one, I'd go with Henniger. Yep. Henniger, I think, is a really good team. They did upset Liverpool a while mm-hmm. back. They've also beaten Baldwinsville recently. They did lose a tough one to CNS, but, you know, there's some good talent out there. There's some really, really good talent. I mean, they beat Liverpool on the road, mm-hmm. okay, back on January 31st. That's not an easy thing to do. Yep. Beating a good Liverpool team on the road. Um, I, again, I kind of see him as a dark horse. They got one game left against West Genesee, a team they beat by one point back on the 18th. So, if anything, I kind of like Henniger as a dark horse. I really do. And Baldwinsville also is a nice dark horse team, too, because Kyra Wilbur at center, uh, that's a huge positional advantage, as well as Carly Young at guard. So, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Beville made some noise. Yeah. On to, we're, we're actually going to shift a little gears here because we want to talk Class D now. Yeah. Because Class D has got some really good talent uh, and really good teams that could really make a ton of noise. Um, who do you have as a favorite in Class D? Well, I think you've got to go with the team that's been number one ranked in the state for Class D throughout most of the season with West Canada Valley, even though they lost recently to Poland, uh, who I think is definitely safe to say the number two uh, seed in this uh, Class D bracket. But... Um, West Canada Valley has just been dominant. We saw Reese Fellows, their star player, just recently uh, joined the 1,000 Rebound Club. I mean, yeah. A lot of times we see Point Club, but we never rarely see, see the 1,000 Rebound Never club. see rebounds. And so they've just been, they have had barely any close games throughout the season. Again, uh, they're uh, only lost to Poland. I believe that's their only game that's been within five points all year. And again, that was just kind of an outlier, I'd say. Can't really count that into how you evaluate this uh, West Canada Valley team. So with Again, Fellows, Grabowski, Gorinchek, that's talented all around there for uh, the Indians. Yeah, and West Canada Valley is is a really, really decent team. They're 18-1 and one on the year. Their only loss was to Poland yeah. back last week, February 2nd. Um, and that was a game that they really didn't play well. They ended up losing by 13. But you look at how they've done, how they played this year, it's, it's, it's amazing in of itself. Mm-hmm. They're a really good team. Poland 
is also a really good team. Yep. I mean, I'd watch out for Poland if I were you. Mm-hmm. I really would because Poland is a really, really good team. Their two losses were tough losses, again, to West Canada Valley at the beginning of the year and then won a one-point loss on the road at Ariskany. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a team that can really make some noise as well. They'll have one more game at Little Falls on Monday, tomorrow, uh, before the season closes. I kind of like those two teams as the favorite. Yeah, and then trailing, really trailing right behind those two teams is Hamilton and Copenhagen. Uh, Copenhagen 16 and four on the year. Uh, Hamilton 13 and six. Both those two teams have mm-hmm. uh, been competing all year, all year to try to get into that top two. While they haven't been as consistent to be able to do that, I do think that those teams have the ability to beat one of those top two. I'll still take West Canada Valley to win it all, but. It's tough to choose against Copenhagen, the team that just won the Class D tournament last year. Yeah, the only problem is though they lost a lot of good players they did from lose last a lot year. Of good talent. So Co- know, Copenhagen is, is going to have their hands talent. full. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Copenhagen is going to have their hands full. I still like West Canada Valley or Poland to win it all. I really do. I think Hamilton's going to be a good team to keep an eye on. Yep. Um, at thirteen and six on the campaign, they should be a pretty decent team. Uh. We'll we'll talk in the class C here a little bit more later on, but yeah, it's yeah, I, it's it's going to be one of those two teams winning it all, and it wouldn't surprise me if those two teams met again in the section three final because they did meet in last year's final, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, and I think West Canada Valley ended up winning that one. West so, Canada Valley was in class C last year. Oh, that's right, they yeah. moved down. Yeah. So that actually might be a fun class D final between yeah. West Canada Valley and Poland. So that should be fun. As well. So when we come back, we will talk with Andrew Benedict, Cicero North Syracuse High School. He'll he's joining us live and in studio. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to miss this. More players only when we come back on here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. Players only, presented by Point Guard Advisors, a show about high school sports by high school students. Sunday mornings 8 to 9. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is players only. A show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. And we're now joined by Andrew Benedict, a sophomore guard out of Cicero North Syracuse High School. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thanks for having me. All right, so let, let, let's get down to business. Let's let's talk because we're getting close to the postseason. It's essentially high school's basketball edition of March Madness. How excited are you that we've now gotten to this point in the campaign? I'm very excited. It went by real quick. I know we were we've been preparing for this ever since uh, we started the season, and we really just got this is where we have to lock in and really start playing our best basketball for a chance to win sectionals. Yeah, and your team, the North Stars, you're seventeen and three, or sorry, thirteen and seven on the year. You just played your last regular season game this past Friday. Uh, how would you say your regular season went as a whole, both on a team level and on an individual level? Yeah, it was kind of disappointing. Not gonna lie. Um, we were hoping to get a higher seed to host uh, two home games, mm-hmm. uh, going into the Final Four, kind of. But in order to do that, we had to win our last game, and we couldn't pull it out. But you know, thirteen and seven, we're fine with that. Now we just gotta think we're playing Henniger first round. We gotta focus and win. Well, I, I'm pretty sure the seeding meeting hasn't occurred yet. 
Yeah. Um, but basically, based on the standings, yeah, most likely going to be playing Henniger, a team, by the way. Um, you, again, you you lost to in at the end of the regular season. You also beat them earlier this year. Um, so you split the series one one. So essentially, you're going into what essentially is a rubber matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're talking in baseball terms, um, so again, most likely you're going to be playing them either on their court or on on your home court. Um, how, how is it so tough? Because again, you lost to them, you beat them. What makes it so difficult to beat Hanniger? Um, you know they're a very inconsistent team, but they have the good players. I just feel like they when they like they're that team that you can either win by twenty or you can lose by twenty. It depends mm-hmm. how they're playing. They got an athletic, uh, Jaquir, Jaquir. Yeah, Jaquir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a very athletic guy. He's their best player. They have a good point guard, number five, who's really good with the ball and can drive. And they have some good rebounding players. And we just need to box out and get the boards and push. And we'll be good. Yeah, and what's the key, do you think, for your team's success when your team is playing the best? Uh, what do you think goes into it, especially offensively? Because I know a lot of times the offenses run through you. When your team's playing the best, what do you think the reason for that is? Uh, when we get the ball and push, and instead of when we can't, when we don't have anything on the fast break, really take our time on offense, move the ball side to side, look for the open driving lanes, look to kick, uh, drive to score, and... Yeah. So this has been bugging me a lot because I've I've seen a lot of high school basketball in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I hear coaches call out, you know, various team names in terms of running offense. So sometimes they would call out Syracuse. They call out Virginia. Um, sometimes I, I actually heard when I was doing public address announcing for uh, OCC this past weekend, I actually heard Rochester. Yeah. I'm like, that's a new one. Um, so I, I guess really does your various offensive play calls that, that you have, and I don't, I don't want you to go too deep because, you know, um, it is, you know, which, which offense do you prefer to run a, as an individual? Well, our offense does usually go through me. We have certain plays, but usually we just hand the ball off to me. I get screened and I look to create off that and mm-hmm. find find the open areas for my teammates and hopefully they can make the shot. Okay, as an add-on question, what is one of your offensive play calls Omaha? It is not. <laughs> oh, okay. No, our coach likes to keep it keep it basic. He usually just calls the plays 2, 3, 4, 5. There you, you know, go. So easy for uh, e- easy the best way to do it. Easy peasy yeah. lemon squeezy as they say, you know, just call it a number and say, "Oh, that's the one you yeah. got to run." And uh, you mentioned how a lot of times you have to both uh, be the scorer and the facilitator. I know you pride yourself as a very well-balanced all-around player. Which area of your game would you say is your biggest strength? Biggest strength is definitely shooting. Mm-hmm. I've been hitting the board. I, I've been hitting the boards lately. Offensive rebound is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, creating, using screens, and moving without the ball is definitely one of my best skills. Yeah. Um, okay. So to add on to that. What's your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness right now, definitely my left hand, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I would say right now it's honestly on the defensive side. And that's what I'm going to need to step, step up in uh, sectionals if we have a shot to win. Well, I'm, I'm looking at your career stats right now on the year. Um, and it looks like you have improved from your freshman year, at least on the defensive side. You have 
you have seven more steals than you did last year, mm-hmm. and as seven more blocks. So I think you have games. improved yeah, on the defensive. Uh, on the defensive end, I'm also looking at your total points, and you've scored 742 points so far in your career. Yeah, and it's only your sophomore year. Yeah. Okay. You you said earlier that the offense generally runs through you. Um, is there any other? Is there a specific teammate that always likes to get you in the get you the ball in key situations? Usually our point guard Michael Gallo. He's gonna find me on the break. Mm-hmm. All the all the kids look for me, and uh, I look. I usually give it back to them if they're open. Yeah, and so we've talked about how you're definitely one of the leaders of this team. I mean, sure, you're only a sophomore, but it's your second year on varsity. But looking more at, in terms of senior leadership, uh, which seniors have taken on that sort of leadership role throughout the year? Well, our team captains, Kyle Williams and Reese Conjol, they were uh, two uh, players last year for us, and they really stepped up and uh, held our team together. And, like, Pushed us through adversity when we needed it. So again, looking again, looking at the double A field, um, you guys are going to have a tough road. Mm-hmm. Um, as pretty much all double A is going to have a tough road, no matter yeah. which go to. Which team do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for you as you head into the postseason? The team that we have yet to be in my career is West Jenny. Ooh. We are 0-4 against them in the past two yep. years. They're a tough team. We faced them, it was like two weeks ago, without Christian Mika. We lost by like seven. Tough team. They, we got to work on uh, handling the pressure because they really press the ball. Liverpool is obviously a tough team. We haven't played CBA yet. But those top three teams, Nottingham, Liverpool, and West Jenny is what I really worry about. Mm. And there's a lot of talent on those teams. Is there any... Uh, one player, maybe a couple players that you really just look forward to playing against, getting your shot to go head-to-head against those top guys? Yeah, Andreo Ash and uh, Stavon from what, from Nottingham. Andreo from Liverpool mm-hmm. is a big guy that we need to work on stopping. Since we don't have many bigs, we have to double him. He's averaging like 20-plus. Stavon's averaging 20-plus. Mm-hmm. We just need to work on him. I'm really looking forward to uh, trying to lock him up and see if we can stop him. Now, we all know Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, any particular Valentine in your future? No, I'm focused on basketball. For <laughs> there you now. go. Yeah, yeah. There's sectional playoffs. You know. All right, last question. It's Super Bowl Sunday today. Chiefs, Eagles, who do you got? I have the Eagles. It's hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles, I feel like they have the better defense, O-line, receiving core, and, yeah, that's who I'm rocking with. All right. Well, Andrew Benedict, pick. Andrew Benedict, thank you so much for joining on the show today. Uh, Good luck in the postseason. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back with more players only when we come back on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM. And real quick, let's finish up. We'll try and get as through many classes as we can. We did double A and D. Let's go to C now. Uh, and, and C looks to be pretty interesting, at least yep. on 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 the girls' basketball front. Uh, I mentioned one team there uh, to talk about, Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cooperstown is a really good team right now to look at uh, in terms of Class C playoffs. So um, 
Any other team that stands out to you in terms of Class C? I'd say the top dog in Class C is definitely Weedsport, 16-4 and on the year. Um, they've just been rolling through their competition. And Class C is interesting because we don't really see a team that's head and shoulders above everyone else. Like, a lot of times we see uh, that one team that you can tell is just they're going to easily be in at least the finals. But with this, you don't really have this. I think it's a much more open field. But Weedsport with three different 200-point scorers on the year, a very balanced team. Uh, again, only four losses on the year, and only uh, sorry, none of those were to Section 3 opponents. So, yeah, I'd definitely have to take Weedsport undefeated in Section 3 play as the favorite in this one. Yeah, I kind of, like I said, I like Cooperstown mm-hmm. uh, in this That's one. That's definitely a good pick. Uh and as you said, there's not really a clear favorite in this one, mm-hmm. which actually makes it really exciting because anybody can win at any time. I like Cooperstown because they're a really good team. They're 15 and five on the year. Mm-hmm. They have some really good, uh, decent scoring this year from a, a couple of good players. I mean, Danielle Seaman, the senior, 402 points so far on the year. Really good player. Uh, also, keep an eye out for. Uh, Rory Nellen, Jr., and uh, Claire Jensen, another senior. Those are your top three scores there. I think Cooperstown's got it, themselves a good team, a real balanced team. Yep. Three different scores that could score on any given night. This is going to be a, a, a fun, classy tournament, at least for Cooperstown. They're, they're probably going to be at least a two, maybe even a three seed. Because, again, there, there's a lot of teams that have played really good basketball in classy, but I like Cooperstown to win it all. I really do. And then in terms of an underdog team, I'd have to go Waterville, hovering around 500, heading into the postseason, um, behind Natalie Collins, the senior. I think this Waterville team is very underrated. Uh, last year, they were 21-3. and They lost a lot of talent from last year's team, including Eleanor Collins and um, Ciara, Ciara Owens. But uh, you look at Natalie Collins uh, really taking a step up, 287 points, 274 rebounds. And you've also got Adrian Neff there playing a big role, Valerie Ford and Allison Ford playing big roles. So I don't think you can cut out this Waterville team to uh, make a run in the Class C tournament. Yeah, really good, really good teams. Uh, Class C should be, again, a fun fun class to look at in terms Mm -hmm. from a Section 3 standpoint. On to Class A now. Real quick, and uh, Class A this year. Um, you said we were talking about this uh, while we're on break. You said Class A. You said really doesn't look strong this year. It really doesn't. There's a couple teams where you say, like I think you could say Indian River is definitely the best team, but it's just more dull of a class. I'd say a lot of them. That's not an insult. That's just saying that I don't think that I think a lot of the really good A teams got pulled up to Double A, like we saw Ludden last year. They were one of the best teams in Class A. Then we see, we saw teams like Cortland, who would have been at the top of Class A. They got moved down to B. So a lot of the talent was drained out of Class A. And again, it still can be. There are definitely going to be some exciting moments, but I think in terms of just compared to all the rest of the classes, A kind of lacks behind them in terms of how exciting it's going to be, especially as we get down the stretch. Well, all that being said, though, I mean, Indian River, you said, a yeah. really good really good team this year, 18-2 and two mm-hmm. overall, 8-0 in, in, in Frontier League play in Division A. Um, really, really good team. Uh, lost to West Hill. Their two losses were to a good West Hill team mm-hmm. as well as a good General Brown team. Yeah, both teams that are at the top of Class B. So... 
Um, and, and we'll talk about Class B here in a sec. Um, but that being said, is there really a dark horse in, in, in A that we should keep an eye on? Um, I think there are a bunch of teams in that uh, trailing behind Indian Universe. Central Square is kind of that uh, team that's right on Indian Universe heels. But then you look at some of the other teams. JD, very good. CBA could definitely bring some competition. New Hartford, a team that I think you can't count out based off of how they've played. But I'm going to go for more of an underdog team, East Syracuse Manila. I think that the Spartans have uh, definitely stepped it up towards the end of the season. And that's what I'm looking for, for a team to be on the roll heading into the playoff stretch. They've got an all-around pretty talented roster. Uh, I don't think they're going to, like, be on anyone's radar as maybe a team that's going to have a player with 30 points that's going to knock you out of anything. But Anaya Jones, the sophomore forward, uh, has the ability to both score inside and on the perimeter. So uh, I think ESM would definitely be my sleeper pick in uh, Class A. There you go. So a lot of a lot of good teams in A. But as you said, again, a lot of the good teams that either moved up and down the rankings, that's not due to the fact of, you know, talent wise or anything yeah, it's it's it's, it's school population size it goes up and down every single year mm-hmm. um that being said i think you're right i think class a has lost a little bit of steam but that doesn't mean things shouldn't be exciting yeah. down the stretch mm-hmm. but there's some really good teams still out there in class a finally let's talk class b real quick and uh b we mentioned a couple of good teams in class b general brown is one of them uh and a lot of other good teams on this list. Yeah, General Brown's definitely the 1A, but you've, you're looking at some of the other talent. I'd say just Class B probably has the most top-heavy, but it's a very large top-heavy class. Like, when I say that, I mean there are probably seven different teams where I'd say all have a very good shot of winning the um, winning the Class B sectional title, where you've got General Brown, then kind of you've got West Hill, Cortland, Skinny Atlas, Mexico, then dropping a little bit down, but still has a chance. I'd say Hannibal Marcellus as well. But outside of that, I don't really know if any of those teams, because it's just so much competition to go through to say an underdog will run through that gauntlet of teams. But honestly, I'm looking at Skinny Atlas. I think that's a team that has a lot of potential, and I could definitely see them uh, winning it all this year. Yeah, Class B is going to be fun. As you said, seven or eight teams with really good records mm-hmm. that are going to be sitting at the top. And I, I think the selection committee is going to have a field day in terms of where they're going to seat them. Yeah. And, you know, again, it, <laughs> I, I would hate to be in their shoes. I really would be. Um, because I would have a difficult time in putting teams where they should be, yeah. where they should and shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of an overall favorite, I, I'd have to go General Brown. That's I, I'm sorry. General Brown is a really good team. They've only had two losses on the campaign this year, back-to-back losses to both Bowmansville and Indian River, so teams that they didn't play necessarily in their class. Um, but you look at how they've done. They beat a good Catholic Central team by one point uh, during the season. I like General Brown. I really do. I, I think General Brown's going to make a ton of noise. If you had to make your pick right now, you're taking General Brown to win I would. I would. Because I'm taking Skinny Alice to win it all. That's how <laughs> confident I am in this Lakers team. Oh, boy, he's betting the underdog. Yep. Oh boy, um, but we'll we'll find out because the seating meetings for both boys and girls basketball will take place on Wednesday the fifteenth. Boys are first, I think, at nine a.m. and then the girls followed at three o'clock. Uh, last day to partic- to to play any regular season games is Tuesday the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this goes. It's getting close to crunch time. It really is. All right, real quick, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Who do you got? 
I got to go with the Chiefs. I can never bet on the Eagles because, you know, <laughs> I'm a Giants fan, so I'm not picking the Eagles. I'm going uh, Chiefs. Oh, uh, boy. It's hard for me to pick. Really, yeah. Two really good teams that deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a weird ride for the Eagles because they were, they were riding high on top of the league for so long, yeah. and then, you know, Jalen Hurts gets hurt, and then it's like they lose like three out of their last four, yet they still get the top seed in the NFC. Uh, but Hurts is back. He's playing really good football right now. It, it is hard to bet against the Eagles. It really is, because especially that front four on the defensive side. Yep, that's true. Um, I think this is going to be probably one of the best Super Bowls we've ever had in the history of the NFL. I really think so. Um, if I have to pick, I can't go against Mahomes. Chiefs by three. All right. The yeah. consensus is Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs by three. Um, Andrew picked the Eagles. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, like I said, I think this is going to be one of the best Super Bowls yeah, we've be ever good. had. I, I, And, mm-hmm. you know, it brought back to mind that one Super Bowl when I was in college when it was between the Seahawks and the Broncos. Mm-hmm. That game was just a snooze fest. Yeah, it was like 42-8, to eight, I think it was the final or something. Mm-hmm. But, no, we're not going to have that. I think these two teams are going to leave it all out in the field in Arizona. It's going to be a fun matchup tonight. Yep. All right, well, that'll do it for Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors. Uh, again, thanks to our guest, Andrew Benedict, my co-host, Ryan Story. I'm Matt Slocum, wishing you great rest of your Sunday. And uh, enjoy the Super Bowl while it lasts, because we'll be in playoff town come next week. Yep. So we'll talk to you then here on ESPN Radio Circus 97.7 and 100.1.